chapter 14 is a short one, but it does a wonderful job in highlighting the character of three of the important early characters who are somewhat ancillary through the rest of the novel, though they do have roles. These are Ilya and Natasha Rostov, the parents of the Rostov children, and old Princess Anna. After Anna had borrowed a carriage from the Rostovs to drive off and visit Count Kirill Bezukhov, Natasha Rostov got to thinking, and she became very sentimental. She had been very close with Anna, Drubitskaya, since they were children, and their distant cousins as well. Boris has been living in her house for some time, and although he's not a child, Natasha feels the urge to treat him as one with respect to giving him the proper launch into the Imperial Guard. She was sitting there alone, in tears, contemplating, and she rang for her husband. She was also bothered by the fact that Princess Anna was in sort of a humiliating poverty and had to go place to place calling on this important person or that one to give her son any true prospects. When her husband came in, he was in the opposite mood. He had just sampled his household cook's sauté, and he was thrilled of being able to serve it to all the guests. He also got quite a bit of the sauté on his clothes. The cook's name is Taras. He's a serf, and he was French-trained. Ilya notes that it was well worth the 1,000 rubles that he paid for Taras's services. Now this gives a context to the money at issue in this paragraph. Here you have 1,000 rubles for a French-trained serf and Boris needing 500 rubles to get him properly outfitted to join the Imperial Guard, something Natasha is contemplating giving her friend Anna for that purpose. Natasha tells her husband, I want some money. And she said it with a mournful countenance. And then she qualified herself. She said, I want a good deal. I want 500 rubles. As she was asking this, she took her handkerchief and started wiping some of the sauté from her husband's clothes. Ilya, without batting an eye, asking a question, says, You shall have it at once. What a husband. No what for. No frown. No inner turmoil. He sees what his wife wants, and he gives it to her. Take note of this out there, husbands and future husbands. This can go a long way in keeping a relationship solid. Ilya then calls for his household finance manager, whose name is Matinka. And instead of just 500 rubles, which is a pretty heavy sum, he says, Matinka, please get me for the countess 700 rubles in clean, crisp bills. Now, Matinka gives kind of a look as if to say there are some financial considerations of the household that the Count should be more cognizant of. But he sees Ilya's facial expression when he didn't jump at getting him the money, and he knows better than to bring anything up now. Ilya says, bring it right now and give it to the Countess. Ilya recognized Matinka's apprehension and said what he loved about the man was that he never says impossible. And if you think back for a second, when Natasha and Anna were speaking, Natasha Rostov was relaying how their spending habits are getting quite concerning. Running such large estates and household could be a tremendous drain, as some of you Downton Abbey fans might realize. Natasha tells her husband, money, the sorrow it causes in the world, 
but husband, I am in great need of this sum. He responds in sort of a playful manner that his wife is a notorious spendthrift and not to worry about it. He kissed her hand and likely went back to the sauté. The action then moves to when Anna returns to the Rostov household and the money was waiting for her under a handkerchief. But first, the two speak of the health of Kirill Bezukhov. Anna relays at this point that those who would normally recognize him now wouldn't. Natasha then gives Anna the money and tells her not to refuse her. Anna moved in and there was a very warm, poignant embrace between the two. Natasha relays it is for Boris and his equipment. They were holding each other and weeping. They cried because they were close friends. They cried because they were both so warm-hearted and also because they were friends from childhood and they both realized it was terrible that one of them was in this predicament where they had to go from relative to relative searching for an opportunity to get Boris on his way. They also cried Tolstoy notes because their youth was now just a memory. It was a good cry and the tears of both were sweet to each other.